Hi, uh, welcome to the new voting project. My name is Kanal, your host, still here. Um, and today we're here with Liza Mickens, the co-founder and director of interns at Vote Equality. And this year's PayPal's rising leader. Um, you've dedicated your life to your great, great grandmother, Maggie Lena Walker, um, and her legacy by furthering her work in racial justice and voting rights. So thank you so much for being with us today. I know you're super busy working nine to five now. <laughs> but we do appreciate your time. Awesome. Yeah, happy to be here. Of course. Um, great to have young people engaged in these issues and really pushing the conversation forward. Of course, anytime. Um, so yeah, let's get into these questions. Um, first off, I want to just for the viewers, um, talk a little bit about your background and talk about how college prepared you for your current responsibilities. Yeah, so I, like you said, have grown up telling Maggie Walker's story. I'm from Richmond, Virginia, um, and have really continued um, furthering her story and making sure that young people are aware of, you know, the ancestors that came before us. So Maggie Walker was actually the first woman to found charter and serve as a president of a bank um, in America. And she did this at a time when, you know, Black women were still in roles of servitude. Um, she became actually the largest employer of Black women in the city of Richmond through her bank, a newspaper, and an emporium, which is a shopping store. Um, and all of this really did further her race and created such a tight-knit Jackson Ward community in Richmond, which is a historically Black neighborhood here. Um, so everything that she did you know, really was for her people and for her community and to make sure that they realize that they have to be involved in issues. You know, you have to stand up for what you truly believe in. In just high school, she organized a student sit-in and, you know, got vote, got graduation rights um, for her class. And so from a young age, Maggie was really involved. And I feel like that spirit um, is in me as well. So I actually, because of my public speaking past, I went to study communications at James Madison University, go Dukes. Um, and it was somewhere I always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. And in that, you know, I realized that, okay, I'm not as strong of a public speaker as I thought I was, you know, there's still so much to learn. And there's so much um, that college really can teach you, but more than anything, it gives you a confidence in yourself. I feel like throughout college, I learned way more about who I was. I Don't get me wrong. I mean, I learned things in the classroom as well. But, <laughs> I hope so. You know, that formative yeah. knowledge of who I was and what I believed in and how to effectively communicate that was really what I got from college. Um, and, you know, I can't say that college is for everybody, right? You know, I think that everybody has their own path in life. I think that for some people, it's really great. And I think for others, they just need to get into the world and start actively doing it. So I do want to say, you know, don't feel like you have to go to college. Don't feel like that is the end all be all for success in this country or in this world. You know, pick the path that's really right for you. Cool. Yeah, sounds about right. Now I'll be sure to pass it along to all of my family members so yeah. they can see <laughs> yeah. that perspective. Um, but I guess moving on, um, why did you choose to take up the path that your great grandmother did? You know, did you feel obligated? Why enter? politics or like the political world and activism why take that path yeah so Maggie Walker was actually 
the first black woman to run for statewide office in Virginia. And she ran as the superintendent of education because when she started her career, she was a teacher. And after a few years, because of societal norms, she had to quit her job teaching because she got married. And throughout her life, you know, she left the professional world in a sense, but really dove into, I guess you could call it nonprofit work. Um, she worked with an organization called the Independent Order of St. Luke. And that was basically like a beneficiary society. So it was looking out for black people as they entered into um, this new America following slavery, right? So she was the first woman of color to run for office. And at the time, you know, she realized that women had just got the right to vote, but that wasn't quite enough. You know, you still need to be in these conversations. You need a seat at the table to effectively make change. So in running for statewide office, she also registered hundreds of black women to vote to make sure that they recognize the power of that. And to make sure again, that people are in office that look like you, that are representing what you align with. And I feel like I was drawn to advocacy and drawn to politics because of people like Maggie Walker, because of really the forgotten suffragists of the time. You know, she isn't technically considered a suffragist um, by history books standpoints, right? Because she was a black woman. But at the end of the day, you know, it's important for me to be involved in politics because I feel like I'm continuing the work that she began. You know, as young people, we can't just admire our heroes. We have to really be the ones carrying the torch. And I feel what better way to do that than through advocacy and through politics and really supporting people that you believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just as a side note, do you have any political aspirations for elected office? You know, I um, love, love my advocacy standpoint, and I have learned a lot more about the inner workings of politics. I think at some point I would love to maybe be on, you know, Richmond School Board or something like that. Both my parents were teachers, and I think I really want to stick to local office. You know, I have no I have no presidential aspirations whatsoever. Um, here. <laughs> yeah, I no, I will stay in local office because truthfully, I feel like my heart's in Virginia. And if I can affect change somewhere, I would want it to be in Richmond. Yeah, no. Something I've learned, local office is where you can touch people. Yeah. It's the closest thing to it. So yeah, yeah. no, we wish you the best of luck in oh. your endeavors, I guess. Long way away. Long way away. <laughs> Not too long. You can always disrupt. Um, yeah. But I guess following that, um, you know, what are some of your core values? What are things that you believe in that you're carrying on or hope to accomplish um, in policy and in, you know, I guess a conceptual reality? What do you want to do with the, with the platform you have? Yeah, I wanna make sure that there are really no asterisks on equality. You know, there, is, there should be a seat at the table for everybody and there should be equality regardless of your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your ability even, and you know, socioeconomic status. We need somebody there at the table that's representing all of that. You know, there is, there are no caveats with equality. And with my work with vote equality, we've been working to ensure recognition of the fully ratified Equal Rights Amendment, which was actually initially proposed after the suffrage movement. So right, right after right. women got the right to right. vote, they proposed the Equal Rights Amendment to make sure that that important language is in our constitution, that you have equality regardless of sex. 
And through the years, you know, we've seen the height of the Equal Rights Amendment. Didn't Virginia just ratify a couple of years so ago? We did just ratify and we were the last state needed for ratification because in the 70s, it went out to all of the states for a vote and they were not able to fully get there before it imposed deadline, although a lot of things get added to the constitution after a deadline. Um, but Virginia did just ratify and you know we're making sure that that ratification wasn't in vain, that this fully gets added to our constitution and that we're putting pressure on the administration at hand because they said that this would be a priority for them. You know, Equality and gender equality specifically is a big priority for me. And I feel like that is something that I've really, um, that has really been passed down from Maggie Walker. You know, a lot of what she did was for black women and to make sure that we have equality of rights under the law, regardless of sex is something that's really important to me. And, you know, again, as a black woman, making sure that racial equality is something that is, you know, prioritized in this country because we have seen not just in recent years, but a really long history of racism in this country and really the foundation of this country is that first sin, right? That first sin of slavery. And so getting to a point where we're all able to have these conversations, able to talk about it and able to really move the needle forward on these issues. Yeah, makes sense. Um, now let's circle back to 2020, right? Crazy year, pandemonium, COVID-19 pandemic once in a century, um, a impeccable like election, you could you could say general municipal. I was in like too many races to to count on one hand. But what are your thoughts on on the twenty twenty elections? And what are some lessons you want to share moving forward as we go into the primaries? I'll be voting in my first election next year. You know what are your thoughts? Well, that's so exciting. Congratulations, especially for someone who's been doing the work. I'm tired of filling out my parents and then my cousin's ballot. And then like, you know, I want to fill out my own. Yeah. It's your time to shine. Let your voice be heard. And I think that that's truthfully the biggest lesson that we learned from 2020, right? It's that we really do have the power to enact change. And it shouldn't just be getting people in office. It should be holding them accountable for the things that they said that they were going to do but realizing how much local elections matter. That Senate runoff in Georgia was huge. And I feel like not enough people really understood what was happening. So really it's about educating yourself. Educating yourself, like I said, on a local level because a lot of people knew who they were voting for big picture, but when it came down to the local elections, you know, it all matters and it all has a trickle down effect basically. And you know, education is at the heart of it. Make sure that you're checking your registration, you're checking your family's registration. I had friends I called every week. Like, what are you doing? I can't have friends that are not registered to vote. Like what, we gotta get this together. So really, you know, making sure that the people around you know what's going on, are informed, and then hoping, and not even hoping, but making sure that they're going back out to their bigger circles and having these conversations, making sure that people are really aware of what's going on, you know, not just following everything that you see in the news, but really doing your own independent research as well. Yeah, no, research, awareness, and something I think we'll talk about later, it's actually my next question is, how important is voting? You know, that's the first question I ask everybody. How important is the right to vote to consistently, right, at every level, not just, you know, larger elections? Yeah, 
it's everything it's everything i mean truthfully we can raise our voices and we can you know advocate for these things and protest for these things but if you're not getting in there and you're not checking you know a box then all of that is for naught basically you need to be sure that the people that you're putting in office are a reflection of what you believe in and then again holding them accountable you know voting really is the foundation of this country and for a long time, a lot of people have been disenfranchised from that. And I'm sure we're going to get into that as well. But, you know, if you have the power to vote, you have to be out there exercising your right, you know, as an American, truthfully. Yeah, no, I, I like to say voting is the first step. Yeah. I think most folks will agree with me. Voting is the first step. It is your prerogative. It is imperative to healthy democracy. But yeah. There's so much more you can be doing. Right. You know, work on a campaign, run for office, all you young folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, and 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 be engaged civically. I think that yeah. should be, honestly, that should be a law. Yeah. You should make that law. Um, yeah. Now on, on, on another note, when it comes to voting and voting accessibility, um, should do you think 16, 17 year olds, really young folks should be able to vote in the in, in in elections in general you know like municipal elections we talk city council school board folks who are directly deciding their policies and what you know we have to face day to day do you think 16 17 year olds should have the right to vote god you know this question was a stumper when i saw it um because i think that so many more young people are becoming more and more engaged on these issues and i think that for people like you who work on campaigns and have been working on campaigns and you haven't even been able to vote um you know i think that that is really a slap in the face and something to definitely think about i do think that there is a certain i mean you just said you know you're so excited to vote i think that there is a certain almost rite of passage um, to be to being 18 and to feeling like these are the first steps to being an adult and taking that action of voting. I think that that is, you know, all encompassing when you turn 18. But I think that that's not, you know, not to say that 16 would be too young to vote. You know, I think that there are a lot of people that are really engaging in these issues. Um, not my call to make. But I do remember turning 18 and being ecstatic to register to vote. I remember, you know, scheduling out where I went to vote in Harrisonburg, where I went to school. You know, I think that for a lot of people, it is a sort of coming of age transition that you really start taking ownership of your own life. So I think that whether it's 18 or 16, you know, we all need to be looking forward to that date and really taking active steps. Because I know a lot of people that turned 18 didn't vote until the 2020 election, you know? So whatever age it is, be prepared to be active and engaged. Yeah, and pre-register, I'm pre-registered. Yeah. Oh, look at you. The game. Um, but let's talk about Georgia. Uh, obviously, like, like you pointed out, um, you know, a historical Senate runoff, um, majority, majority in the Senate now, I guess you could say by one. Um, but now there's a conservative reaction against 2020 election success on both sides of the aisle, really. Um, the amount of voter turnout, um, you could argue, helped really both parties. But what do you think of the current voter restrictions? I think it's SB 202 um, that you know restricts accessibility and absentee ballots and certain ways to apply to get your ballot. You need multiple IDs and you can't hand out water bottles as a poll worker. I am a poll worker. That's kind of inhumane. Um, 
what 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 are your thoughts on Georgia, Texas kind of restricting the right to vote? Something like you said, we've been fighting for, you could argue, since the 60s, um, since the birth of the nation. I mean, it, it, it's really an issue we've been dealing with for a while now. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You know, these aren't new issues. These Senate bills may seem fresh and seem to have a fresh coat of paint on them because of, you know, the success and the turnout from the previous election. But these are issues that we've been dealing with since emancipation, really, since Black people got the right to vote in this country, that vote has been essentially taken away from them in so many different forms, whether that's mass incarceration, um, poll taxes, literacy tests, you name it, you know, the gambit has been thrown at us as, as Black and Brown people in this country. And it's really important for us to also be in those communities doing work. You know, I did a lot of I wasn't able to go down to Georgia because of yeah. the pandemic, but yeah. did a lot of phone banking down there, had a lot of conversations with people down there to make sure that they were registered, to make sure that they were aware that there's a Senate runoff. You know what, again, it just comes back to raising awareness for these things, having conversations about it, and then making sure that you as an individual are doing everything that you can to help other people take active steps. You know, in Richmond, we, and even not even, I guess with, in Richmond, but with vote equality, we had a tour bus that went around the South and actually went back to Georgia for the runoff. And it was titled in honor of the late RBG. Um, it is called the RVG and it essentially is just- RVG. Yeah, man, it's just running billboard basically that you know highlights the path to the vote, again, starting after emancipation till now with the Civil Rights Act and you know what we're seeing now, these aren't new issues, right? And we have to be the ones actually on the ground out there making sure that people are exercising this right to vote to make sure that, you know, voting rights get restored, that you can, you know, cure your ballot if you need to. There are so many different things that are put in place to try and stop us from voting. And we just have to be aware of the systems that are at play against us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess in closing, um, What's your advice? You know, I'm technically Gen Z. Um, I don't know where they get Z from. I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, it's the Z from Zoom. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Let's go with that. I'm going to start telling yeah. everybody else. It's the Z from Zoom here. Um, what is your advice to young folks who are looking to get involved, voting, elections? You've obviously grown up in a very politically active environment and used your platform, you know, to help others to spread the right to vote. Now, you know, you've entered into a stage where you can run for office. What is your advice, you know, to the next class, the graduating class of voters that are, that are gonna come? I would say, one, take time actually at this point in your life to learn who you are. Again, learn what your lines on the sand are, learn what your values are, learn what gets you out of bed every single day, because that is foundational for you going forward as an adult in any aspect of your life. Really take time to understand who you are. And then with that, take time to recognize that you might not know it all and that you might have to unlearn some things because yeah. we're seeing how these textbooks yeah, right. are laid out. There's a lot of unlearning that we have to do and a lot of active learning in that to fill in those gaps of what we've been told. So really take the time 
to really do an examination of what do I know, what do I think I know, and what can I still learn? Because at the end of the day, we all have something to learn. And so you really just need to take this time, enjoy life, truthfully enjoy it. I wish I was a recent graduate again, but take this time to really learn about yourself and then learn what you can still learn. Yeah, no. I'm enjoying. I enjoy what I do. All right. Yeah. No it's nice. It's yeah, a no. nice time. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, and how can people, I guess where we're wrapping up, how can folks stay updated on what you do? If you want to link your socials, I'll put them in the description um as well. But if you want to tell them. Yeah, it's just Liza Mickens. It's just okay. Liza Mickens on everything. Cool. And vote equality. They have it. I think and, I follow them on Twitter. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah follow me back, Loki. I'm I'm yeah. I'm our Instagram person, so I'll pass along the message. Yeah. But yes, Vote Equality US on um, all of our socials there as well. Fantastic. And is there anything you'd like to add? I would just like to say thank you for having these conversations, for being a young person that's engaged in these issues. You know, I feel like at 18, I would wasn't even you know really engaging in these issues like I should have been so thank you for doing this um and thank you to all the other young people that are really carrying the baton forward yeah I think it's our prerogative you know yeah it, it all it's like it's gonna come back to me anyway it's gonna literally be handed down I'm gonna inherit all yeah. the issues so yeah no thank you so much for coming on the show you're always welcome yeah, back if you're running for office we love to have candidates on the show um, you know, and, and be that now, be that later, anytime. Um, and for your perspective, I think, I think from your origination, from the legacy you're carrying on, it's, it's very valuable and, and it's inspiring really. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciated being on here. Of course. Um, yeah. So, so take care and, and yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. For school board. <laughs> All right. Thank um, you. Thank All you. Right, bye.